Hello, and welcome to the Live Journal Podcast. I'm your host, Paola Atlason, holistic health consultant and healthy lifestyle designer. During the podcast, I will be in conversation with renowned women in service to their community, sharing personal stories and the self-care rituals that keep us grounded. Let's begin. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi. Um, I'm here today with Elizabeth Traina. Um, she's an artist, light worker, and amongst other things. Um, so welcome. Thank you. Wonderful to be here. Thank you. I'm wonderful to be here in your beautiful space again. Um, I was here earlier for my... I don't like to call it therapy session. What do we call that? I would consider that a light work session. Light work session. Yeah. Um, and it was amazing and beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I've been we've been working together now for a few months. Yeah. I'll say at least half a year, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and I came to you because somebody said I should come and meet you. And we can get to that in a little bit. But um, you've helped me so much. Open my eyes, my soul, my crown chakra to um, almost, I feel like living, living my true life. But I want, I feel like every time people ask me, so who, who are you seeing? What are you doing? I try to describe you or what you do, but I would like to give you the opportunity now to do it yourself and let people know what Elizabeth Traina, artist and light worker does. <laughs> okay, beautiful. Well, you know, what's interesting is um, the work is always changing. So the modalities and the way that I support others um, is ever evolving because I realize that, that um, you know, we're not here to stick to one modality or one understanding because the understandings are infinite. And our ability to understand ourselves and understand our relationship with the universe is the nature of it is ever expanding and is, is this infinite relationship. So the, in this work, what I have discovered as a practitioner is it's never static. There might be some common themes of how I support others, but as I expand and learn more and understand more about the nature of reality, the nature of the thought, the nature of the heart, as does my practice. But essentially, um, the parts of the work that don't change, that have been consistent, is an effort to bring compassion and closure to program stories, beliefs, patterns, and karmas that no longer serve our highest and best, to activate deep learning from them, um, compassion, forgiveness, integration, and to step more in our life path in a state of curiosity of where would you have me go, what would you have me do, what would you have me say, and to whom, which is you know a quote from The Course in Miracles, but how do we enter into vesselship? and allow our life to be an expression of our highest will, of our highest intent, of our highest potentiality. So the ways in which I serve um, tend to always change. You know, when I first started the practice, I was doing Reiki on my clients. So I came in, they would relax, and I would get all of this information, all these visuals, all these understandings, 
colors, pictures, past life imagery, and I would come in and communicate with those parts of themselves, clear chords, create um, more of a sense of sovereignty in their field of unity, of, of less disruption, and my clients would um, you know, immediately feel better, have radical shifts in their personal life, in their physical life. But I hit a place in my practice where I noticed they were reliant upon my support in order mm. to understand this broader cosmic um, field of information. And then I um, found hypnotherapy mm -hmm. and was like, oh, here we go. Here's an avenue into the work where my client can now be guided into a state of deep access, access to their soul's intent, access to their timelines, um, past life recall, etc., childhood memory. And they would be able to love and bring connection and clear and work with the guides that was often coming to me when I was tapping into the Reiki practice. And that was wonderful and I worked like that for a while where that was the main cornerstone of the practice. But as I've continued to evolve and grow and develop and change, I realized that it, it may not be of highest good to do past life regression and to go back into these lives, that there's faster technologies and faster modalities that we're now more equipped to. Um, so now a large um, function of the work is proclamation. And what I do is I open myself up in vessel to allow, um, and I do want to say at the beginning of every session there's an invocation. Mm -hmm. So we invite your highest soul your guides, um, ascended masters, benevolent beings of the light to work with me and to use me for for the betterment of your journey. So in that moment, I surrender, my personality surrenders to allow for a current to come through me and speak through me. So the words and the tones of the words are in, for me, I'm listening. The personality of Elizabeth is listening, being like, oh, interested, it's going that route, or interested, and we're, we're taking on that position. And in that way, I can reflect back to the client um, a statement, a proclamation of an intent to bring closure, to bring healing, to bring resolve to certain issues, programs, and stories and beliefs, as well as deep compassion across all timelines and lifetimes to the parts of me that are feeling a place of disconnection. Mm -hmm. And what I have found is, you know, even though the Reiki is so fascinating to see the colors and the energy and to bring a, a light work essentially through that modality and the hypnosis is so beautiful and rich to travel up and down the timelines and to revisit different moments in our lives and different moments in our soul's journey the time is now and there's a certain degree of urgency to the work and I have found that the proclamation and the allowing and the using of the sanctity of the I am presence is a swifter way of bringing real resolve mm -hmm. to circumstances, situations and events and then it allows us to really step into the other half of the work which is where would you have me go, what would you have me do, what would you have me say and to whom? You know, I think the the Freudian healing thought trend that sort of 
imploded on planet earth and has become the place of which we heal which stems from this freudian practice Mm -hmm. it has us going around and around our childhood wounds and our and our and our earthbound issues and I want to see the work as yes we're here to love and extend healing love and light to those parts of us that have been struggling and are in need of care and there's another part to the work which is how do I light my fire how do I move into action mm-hmm. how do I step into divine relationship with others with self with lovers with partners what what am I here to give? What am I here to contribute? And that's a particular part of my practice and my approach that um, I hold in high um, in high regard, and I I cherish that component of it. That and I and I make a delineation that this isn't therapy. Mm-hmm. We're not. It is not my interest to. Um, ask you to go get all of your old cassette tapes and archives and Mm -hmm. for us to look at it all and sort it and find the origin the what i have come to understand is we don't actually fully know the the whole story Mm -hmm. and when we do the proclamation work we not only love across all lifetimes and timelines to the parts of us that may have been feeling a sense of betrayal or abandonment or different sensations that we might work through we also atone and forgive and release parts of us that were in the reverse role Mm -hmm. that were the one who did abandon Mm -hmm. that were the one who did create the betrayal Mm -hmm. and i think the more and more we zoom out we begin to see that we've been all roles especially those of us that are on the awakening path, Mm -hmm. especially those of us who really acknowledge that we're moving into the new earth. We need to also recognize we've worked through a lot of karma, so we've also participated in the other roles that we now, you know, deplore. We don't want to be in those positions anymore. However, we already have been in Mm -hmm. those positions. And I also find that when we hold um, compassion... And forgiveness of the parts of us that may have been in the other role, it also brings us into our earthbound experience with a deeper sense of compassion and patience to souls that are still working it out in the exerter of those mm-hmm. things that, that we choose not to explore anymore, mm-hmm. that we've sort of graduated from. Yeah, because in order for us to recognize it we and help with it, we've been in that and we've taken that lesson in a different yeah. lifetime essentially yeah it's fascinating i mean i i know that um we were talking about that earlier but when i came to you i felt you know i had already started digging in trying to figure out why i was feeling the way i was feeling and and almost it, it, something sparked in me that my life started taking a, a a different turn and by the time i came to see you i remember we spoke on the phone and I didn't know who you were. I did not. Again, somebody recommended, you have to go see her. I was like, all right. I from the, I respect this person. I'm going to call this woman. Mm-hmm. And you, uh, one of the things that um, really captured me about you was you told me, well, you just said, it's not therapy. We're going to resolve things on the spot. It's not like you're going to keep carrying that or revisiting mm-hmm. that. It's what do we need to move on from mm-hmm. because that is something that I feel like 
we're very good at recognizing where things come from and what we do, but then we don't get rid of them. Mm-hmm. And that's something that mm-hmm. you do. I feel like every time I come here and we sit for an hour or two, I leave, I did, something was let go of. Yes, yes. And I think, um, thank you for mentioning that. And I, it is a, you know, it's like whatever we believe we experience, right? So if we, so if we shift our belief around our healing practice... And we, be, we can believe and we put stock into the idea that, hey, I'm allowed to change and grow. And I mean, and that's why so many of us that are on the awakening path, we recognize the value of like spending real deep relationship with nature mm-hmm. because nature is constantly shifting and changing and adapting and growing. It's, there's nothing static about it. And we also um, have that same capacity to constantly be changing and adapting our way in which we perceive life and the way that we perceive ourselves and the way that we even look upon the past. Um, and the moment we can shift our belief around something and our story around it, it no longer has to be the belief and story. We're open to a different mm-hmm. experience. So it's just a, a shifting of thought and the shifting of, of, of perspective. But I think a modality that I offer is there's deep compassion to the parts mm-hmm. of us that have held on to that story and mm-hmm. that belief. And I, as Westerners, we might find that part of self that's been holding that story, that belief, that assumption about self or that pain or that wound. And then we might have a tendency to look down upon that yes. part and to sh- shame that part. And I think there's a particular slowing down there that happens for me in the work that I'm divinely guided to do, which is like, hey, now, wait, you've mi- this is this may be going for lifetimes. Mm-hmm. Let's bring the breath there. Let's slow down. Let's just have a moment and really recognize the magnitude of what we're doing right here. Mm-hmm. So it's a two-part rhythm, right? It's like, I'm going to move through this as swiftly as possible because the time is now and, and our earth is in, you know, air quotes peril because it really isn't. We are shifting into a new consciousness and the planet is coming with us. But there is an urgency for us to make action mm-hmm. and to really begin the shift because it is time for us to collectively start living more aligned and experiencing emotions that are more aligned with our preferences and there's other intelligences that I'm tuned into that I pay attention to of you know beyond the human experience that are living sentient life more aligned with their preferences Mm -hmm. and I think sometimes we have to blow out our perspective of this this experience of being sentient like there's more other versions Mm -hmm. to this reality that if then then we are fully taking into account on a a general uh, social plane so again it's that slowing down of I'm going to take a moment and really hold and cherish this part of me not all of me it's just a part of me that's been holding the story the belief this construct this pain this wound I'm going to slow it down I'm going to bring breath there. I'm going to honor that there's been authentic pain, authentic struggle, and disconnection here. And I'm going to allow that to extend love and light across all lifetimes and timelines to all other parts of me that might also benefit from this healing. Mm -hmm. And then the breath comes in again. 
And in that moment, there's alchemy. There's, there's, because we're working with the I am presence. We're working with the impeccability of the word. We're working with our sovereign, our sovereignty. We're in direct communication, direct access to the parts of us that are fully in our godness. And we're able to channel that energy and that healing and that light to parts of us that are in disconnection. And with the sacred code of the I am presence, it's, it's done. Once mm-hmm. we use the word in that fashion and once we direct the energy, there's nobody can interrupt that. That's our free will. Mm-hmm. And then it speeds up the process. Yes. So next session we can start talking about something else. Yes. However, sometimes the root system's more tangled than we realize. <laughs> and there's more karma accumulated there. And, you know, we heal in layers. So some things will create clarity and movement and change in one session. Some, we might be visiting that part for quite... I mean, I certainly have parts of myself and stories and themes in my life arc that I've been working on mm-hmm. for a decade and, and, and working to better. and But... That that was part of my curriculum. Yes. So we talk about this idea of curriculum and what are we here to learn? And and some of us are seeking master's degrees, so we might be studying this subject matter, and it mm-hmm. might be coming a, a, through us as discord. But what we're seeking to do is actually step into mastery. Yes, and I, I, that's beautiful that you say that because I feel I can totally relate to the revisiting of a certain part. Mm-hmm. And as we both know, we've revisited this one specific part. Yeah. Um, but I have to say, it's, it's, you know, as we know, everything is happening at the same time. All of these lifetimes, all that. It's, yeah. There's no time, there's no space. It's all happening now. So you can reach and, and resolve a lot. Um, but when you start seeing a situation that you perceive a certain way and react to a certain way and con- repeat it throughout your life, as a pattern and you almost know how you're going to react and what the other person is going to say under a certain situation when you reach that aha moment it was like oh that's the lesson it wasn't the just to say example the money or the weight or the home or the no it was something much more abstract but once you hit it it all unravels and then you can move on but that said, I'm curious to know how you landed in doing this. How what was your journey in in, in doing what you do? Yeah, yeah, it's a good question because it, and I think that's part of my history. Obviously, for all of us, is is part of what um, propels us um, and our methods. You know, because I think what we're talking about is, you know, what are the methods that are yes. available? And this is my method, and and then the, this other person's doing great work, and that's their method. You know, so what brings on, and, and I think my method is particularly uh, interesting because it came from direct on the ground work where I was t- doing uh, work in, in inner city schools for 15 years mm-hmm. prior to really stepping into this role as a light worker. I mean, I was doing light work. I just didn't know that that's what it was wow. at the time. Yeah. <laughs> so, and you know, and that arc is, is really fascinating. And then when we back up and we zoom and we can say, oh, wow, I could see the curriculum. I could see how life set that up to bring a certain degree of mastery and service. And, you know, as I, and as I explore this, I can see, that, well, that's the signature of my soul. You know, those are the parts of me that never change, that are, are, are passionate about these things. So, you know, I started off um, uh, wanting to be an art teacher as a little girl and, like, wanting to be involved in art. And I had the art teacher who didn't value me and didn't see me and didn't cherish me. 
and told me I wasn't an artist and I sort of swung off into the bushes and mm-hmm. didn't know what I was doing and really had no direction, no spiritual center, no clear life path. And, and then there was this like remarkable moment where I was, you know, away at school and I painted this mural in the back of my dorm room and I got all of this praise mm-hmm. from my peers. And that praise and that recognition and being seen was so essential and it gave me the confidence and the, the air in my balloon to kind of travel and pursue my passion. And so I wound up moving to Vermont and studying art there and um, I got com- very committed to becoming a different type of art teacher to, to create a, a, a complete opposite of what I experienced. Um, and that led me into doing um, arts-based service. So right off the jump, I was working in different uh, community shelters and using art as a community-building tool and as a healing tool, even in those early years. And I did some traveling after that and um, sort of saw the world and, and learned a little bit about culture and community and came back to the United States and could really palpably feel um, our greatest wound, which mm-hmm. is race, class, you know, access. Um, and I was tw- in my 20s and fired up, and I was living in San Francisco, and I got involved in this charter school that I helped start from the ground up, and it was a civic engagement, service learning-based charter school. So we were using art as a community-building tool, direct action. And um, it was a wonderful time, you know, to be there, um, it, San Francisco was really still fired up and in its um, counterculture, it was leading with its counterculture still. You know, things have changed there certainly um, in the past decade or so. But this was right around 9-11 actually because um, I had just started teaching. And I put everything into this school, into this community. And, you know, I also, it was a steep learning curve because I... Um, I had to learn mm-hmm. how to work with little kids and all of my stuff came up. Wow. Yeah. And all of a sudden I wanted to like slam the door to get attention uh-huh. and, or to tell, and to bring the room into some, I want, I was meeting the chaos with more chaos uh-huh. internally. And I said, Oh, this won't do. And that's when I started my healing path. Oh wow. And I realized it was professionally responsible of me to sort out stuff that I had never looked at within my own self. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, at the time it was a serendipity. I heard this woman on a radio program, KQED, and then <laughs> um, and then I think that was the radio show. And then found that therapist and blah 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 blah, you know how it is, and the book fall off the shelf, quote unquote. And um I began to bring those healing modalities into the classroom. Okay. Um, so the breath comes there. And that was, you know, the second wave of what is what I'm living and what I know to be true is directly involved in what I'm doing and what I'm sharing in the world. And this is what I'm inherently doing in my work now is there's an essential essence within each one of us which is asking to be born in our work as well. Mm -hmm. And I think that is particular, um, my life path, I had access to that really early on. So who I was and what I was considering was directly informing my work. Mm -hmm. So in my early years, I was doing my work and, and learning how to connect, and I was then sharing that with the young students, you know, and, and then the first um, the first half of my career was still rooted in, in activism and um, 
and a, a social change agenda, as it still is. And then I moved to um, New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And my position changed from an art teacher to a school culture coordinator to helping lo- really look at the whole ecosystem of the schools okay. after Katrina. And the resources that I was bringing became more and more streamlined towards the mindfulness mm-hmm. and working with adults and teaching adults how to hold safe container for children mm-hmm. and teaching children how to find safe container within themselves. And the the kind of rawness of my political and activist-based, for it, it started to soften. Okay. And there was a tenderness and a, almost like it's when I shifted more into a love agenda. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was also relative to the energy of the South and what the people and the community members of that particular place were experiencing with so much um, displacement. So I, it, that was the really beginning of like really leading this work from a love space. Mm-hmm. And I was there for three years, and I did multiple projects and worked with different people in different groups. Um, And then I felt the call to come home. So I did the big loop back, and I came back to Brooklyn. And I did five years out in Canarsie, and that was my my hardest rotation, actually, Mm -hmm. Um, was working in the New York City Public School District in uh, two different schools in the same building and teaching art and consciousness and working with kids. But really interfacing with some of the, some real trauma. Uh-huh. Um, and at that point, by that point in my work, we were not really learning very much about art history. We were really learning how to center, how to breathe, how to, mm-hmm. what is, how to find a home within oneself. Um, how to be mindful of language and uh, how do we treat others with respect. And I was... An interventionist from the moment I walked in the door to the moment I left, just supporting these young people to find that level of dignity. Mm-hmm. And what I experienced in the schools was, you know, it was a, a real tragic um, moment and facing of if I'm the only one doing this, it's not going to really create much mm-hmm. change. I was this island of consciousness. But there was behaviors and assumptions and interactions they were having with the security guards and other teachers that were sort of putting them back into a place mm-hmm. of being triggered and in defense. Yes. So I felt that I wasn't able to really have, the work wasn't able to really disseminate and, and reverberate in the way that it can now, yeah. where what I can offer can really shift somebody's course. However, I'm still in touch with some of those students and I know that the work that we did together and their willingness and their open-heartedness to share in those spaces um, was amazing. And it was real radical, a radical space and a radical experience for all of us. Um, But there there was a a turning point. Um, You know, it was a clear moment. I had started to attract private clients and uh, I was running a sisterhood circle. Uh-huh. with some of the high school girls and they naturally wanted to open up and confide in me uh-huh. and I was mandated as being an employee of the district to report what they were telling me if there was violations that they were sharing with me to guidance counselors uh-huh. etc 
And I saw some of them get rewounded by that pra- yes. practice. Yeah. And I as a, had to say, I had to really reflect and be like, what am I doing? And mm-hmm. is this really helping? Mm-hmm. Um, where I was working with some young adults who were in their early 20s who were taking the work and running with it, but they had autonomy. They were living by themselves. They yes. were no longer in the home where the injuries had occurred. So they were able to really put things in order. So that was a big turning point for me because my whole identity for the first part of my career was as an educator. Um, and I knew how to work at the schools. I knew how to work in that system. Mm-hmm. I knew how to have uh, be a cooperating member of community in those environments and the culture of those environments. And I stepped out. Um, and my motivation to step out was actually to pursue my art career, which had always been humming under the surface um, and existing most predominantly in public murals where mm-hmm. I was bringing the consciousness work into transforming the visuals of the environment as well. And I felt this deep stirring within me to really put my art mm-hmm. at the forefront. Ready, and uh, and sometimes I still again. do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it is being a healer and a Gemini and a, you know, a projector archetype, like I'm I'm really here to serve the other, and I have a gift of gab, and, a, and I think that was really honed and perfected in that last chapter of working in, in, uh, in Canarsie and, and working with kids that are quick and sharp and yes. smart and knowing how to contain, and there's economy of language. You can't yes. ramble on, yeah. you know? They, they'll, they'll, they'll catch you, and then, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's what the beauty of working with, with children and young people. Yeah. There's there's no bullshit yeah. there. Like, you, you really can't. You can maybe trick them once, but um, I know I've learned a lot from my children, but I think it's, it's very interesting because there's this thread um, in common with all the women I speak with regarding taking on this almost mothering role mm-hmm. and sometimes maybe a mothering role that we wish we had had you know, as a mother figure it's almost like even even though you know I like to say you don't have to have children to be a mother mm-hmm. women we are mothers so a lot of times we're pushing that away and closing that part of us that mm-hmm wants to do that because mm-hmm. we have to be a certain way or we're at a chapter in our life where there's no you know room for emotion and and tenderness at least for me but we tend to take on these roles that actually feed us and open us up to do all this amazing um good and and you know and you you said it before you're you're in a role of service you're yeah. serving others which is not only a beautiful thing to do and it feeds you, but it, it also drains you a little bit because it takes a lot of energy. So it will be interesting to know what are the things, what, what what's your support system? What are the things that you do? Because you do so much for others. But what are the things, you know, we were saying earlier, it takes a village mm-hmm. to move through this mm-hmm. lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really truly, truly believe that anybody that tries to do things on their own, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. here, I'm fine, I can figure myself out. Mm-hmm. Um, they haven't really hit the wall yet yeah. and understood that. But I want to know in terms of not only who, who, what support system do you have, but things that you do personally that maintain yeah. you yeah. alive. For That's like a, a great question. And you know the answer that comes through. It's it's interesting to me that this would 
be right. Well, it, it, fundamentally, it's been my willingness to change and grow as a self-care tactic mm-hmm. because I never just stuck to it and saw it through. I was like willing to say, okay, my time here is complete. Let me go here. Mm -hmm. Okay. My time here is complete. Let me shift this. Okay. I was doing this. Now I'm going to do this. Okay. Now I'm going to be here and this is feeling a little sticky and I feel like I'm coming to the end of it. So now I'm going to go here. And that Mm -hmm. willingness to listen to that innate calling and that desire to allow the end, like, where does the light want to go? Yes, I love is that. Is a self-care technique. I love that. Because when we stick in situations, circumstances, and events, even thought forms, right? It goes back to what we were saying earlier, that are outdated, outmoded behaviors, no longer of service, or are the lessons been learned and, and it's complete. Mm-hmm. We, um, it becomes stale. Yeah. The energy is stale, and we're no longer in this feeling of wonderment in life. Yeah. So that would be number one of my self-care is to really allow life to move through me. I love that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love that in so many ways mm-hmm. because one of, you know, it we have to redefine what self-care means. Mm-hmm. To a lot of people, self-care means something very superficial or physical, which there's nothing wrong with that if that's what giving you light but this is a this is like a beautiful definition of what self-care is to you that I've never heard before that change to you is taking care of yourself because if you're stagnant and if you're static and stay in one place you that's not your thing you're you're like almost yeah flow is self-care yeah I love that yeah and it's interesting while you're mirroring that back to me I'm seeing a visual of a um, even a session I did years ago where I was guiding a client to be like is your foot comfortable there does your foot want to move here would you like to change your position on your hips like we had to go into the just even the most simple ergonomics to allow that ability to shift the body to shift the posture to be like, this isn't working, I'd like to try this. Oh, wait, I'm actually not even comfortable here. Mm-hmm. So, and that's, that's, that's overriding. Um, an element of that is not buying into systems and programs of fear, domination, and control mm-hmm. that are, are permeating the, yes. the so- social belief systems. So if I'm an artist, I'm going to be a star-giving artist. Or da-da-da. you know, it's like there's a certain amount of like cancel override. Yeah, it's like all these limiting beliefs yeah. that were imposed or we learned from somewhere. But you, how do you shake that off? Yeah, yeah. So how do you shake that off? I send love and light to mm-hmm. all parts of me across all timelines and lifetimes that didn't have not felt the freedom to move mm-hmm. and to shift posture into places and spaces where my soul can more freely expand. So I offer love and compassion and care to all parts of me um, that have felt this uncomfortable, stagnant energy. And I forgive you and I release you and I allow you to, your energy to transform and transmute to be in service to the light so that my life can take a more light-filled, more directional momentum that will delight me. Yes, I love that word, yeah. delight, charm, yeah. mm-hmm. brings you joy. There's so many yeah. different ways to, to define that. And, you know, going back to what you were saying in terms of when you were working with younger children that were getting reprogrammed 
into their trauma because they lived with the triggers as an adult you have the choice to move and remove yourself from the things that trigger you if that's what you're meant to do yeah um because i feel that i meet so many people that stay in relationships or jobs or friendships or you know you can't really go away from your kid if your kid is triggering you 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 have to then do the work with them but you, you are allowed to, the same way that you can move your foot or move your hip, you can separate sometimes from a situation, but you are absolutely right in saying that there's this culture. First, there's fear-mongering. There's, if change is not necessarily happy or exciting, is a fear and unknown. Um, but we end, end up getting stuck in situations and feelings and um, things where we can move on from, but... I feel it takes a person like you to light that up. And, you know, you, you, you said many times one of my favorite words, which is awakening. Mm-hmm. You, are, you know, if you're in the awakening path or if you're, you're awakening people, it's um, you don't even need to know exactly what the definition of what a person that can help you is. If there's a tingling and a, a curiosity and this, like, it, it ignites something just experience it because um we're in a different time we're in a different time and we're in a different place yes and part of what we're here to do is to free ourselves from karma that we've been carrying lifetime after lifetime after lifetime what the blessing is of this time and that would kind of be self-care number two that i wanted that is on my mind but i wanted to just circle back with number one so if somebody's listening this to this right now and be like, well, I'm fucking stuck and I've been sitting at this chair <laughs> and this desk chair really doesn't work for me and this the light of this room doesn't work for me and these coworkers are not in alignment. So what do I do? What do I do? Because if I start to under if I start to even open myself up to the idea that I want something better, it's just gonna make me feel more gnawing mm-hmm. and frustrated with where I'm at, right? So what I would say to that person is hand on heart. I'm so sorry to all these parts of me that are feeling stuck right now. Mm -hmm. So you just stay with that. And you know who's a great teacher of that is Matt Kahn. Mm -hmm. Um, He's had a really big influence on my life when I was cultivating my method um, and has helped me in in really deciphering the modalities that serve um, us the most deeply and the most swiftly. And so... He has a book, Whatever Arises, Love That. And he speaks about that. Just be there and just be in yes. loving grace. But then you can use the impeccability of the word and the I am presence and extend love across all lifetimes and timelines. And that loosens up the karma. That's mm-hmm. the kar- karma transforming agent. Mm-hmm. Is like, hey, hey, hey now. I'm in charge here. Yes. I have like consciousness at my back. Yes. And I'm going to allow myself to now extend love and light i don't i can do it my healer can help me find it yeah it is because it is a team sport but i can do it too so if someone's listening to this and there's like ah and they can feel that that because you know part of the uh, healing process is a purification process and we all know that when you're detoxing it's uncomfortable yeah it can suck but it's beautiful but it can be heavy yeah so if you feel a heaviness in your nervous system in your energy body when we're talking about this then you just love the part that's triggered and that's going to be the agent for change how it changes is not up to you your work is to create the vessel for change life 
has its intelligence and it will the book will fall off the shelf the you know um when the student is ready, the teacher will exactly. appear. Yeah. And you're, you're weaving a basket with the universe. It's one-handed basket weaving. Oh, I would like a change. Oh, the universe comes in with the other hand. And I'm really, especially today, thinking about this idea of like, I can just start to ask and be in this co-creation with the universe. You know, like I was just meditating on that um, around 111 to... Um, to really bring that in for my own life, right? And then it's beautiful to mention here and whoever this may reach, is how the change occurs can happen through the grace of the divine. Um, which of course, if you're on the path, you know the universe is more intelligent than you are, and we know all of this. But this concept of I'm weaving a basket with one hand. I love that. Yes. It's really beautiful and it create create that visual. And it's a beautiful visual for the word trust. Yes. And that's what came up for me yeah. because sometimes I have to remind myself, just trust, yeah. just trust, just trust. Because we are trained to think there's a timeline and things have to happen in a certain way or you think you figured out how you're going to get from point A to point B. But it's the the really deep desire for change and evolution and whatever that you're calling and then you have to trust you have to do some work you have to do some teamwork you have to do some work on your own mm-hmm. um but just by being in in um in a seat of trust i love that visual of it's like you do one stitch and then the universe will come and do like the other yeah i don't i yeah. don't i don't need by the way but that's what i'm assuming yeah yeah, yeah. exactly yeah, yeah um and if there's parts of self that can't get into trust then, then that's where we bring love. I'm so sorry the parts of myself who don't feel trusting. And we untangle that root system. Which is beautiful too because that's something that was new to me mm-hmm. is the parts of self because yes. you you identify self as one. I am myself. Yeah. As opposed to seeing your, yourself as all these different facets and chapters and detaching it. That's something we discussed during my session today. Not necessarily attaching it to the Freudian version of it which is when I was a child it's like no no there can be it doesn't even have to go there it's just a part of you that feels like this or behaves like this or da 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 and we're so multifaceted and we're so you know as as humans I feel like we're made made to believe that for example when you go to school when you're graduating you have to go to college you have to pick a career most of us at least for me I picked whatever attracted me at that moment, but I shifted and morphed from that. I love your story because it, it's, it's like this ebb and flow of like, there's a thread, but it's moving and then you circle back and you come around, mm-hmm. but we're made to feel that, no, this is who I am and I identify with what I do and I follow a linear path and if I fall off that path, then what am I going to do, you know, and if it, to, to boil it down to a more even simple example is like, let's say you've been a fashion designer for 20 years. I'm raising my hand. Um, and all of a sudden you don't have that job anymore. Who are you? What, what am I? You know, when the beginning of the, this recording, I asked you what you did, not be, not in the New York way of like, so what do you do? It's like, no, you are doing this beautiful work and I want people to understand what it is, but you are not your work. You're Elizabeth and you do this beautiful work. Um, 
but you know the the identity the self the it's it's all so solid if i could you know put it in one thing but it's not it's a bunch of parts yeah different shifting morphing lifetimes yeah all contained in this one yeah situation right now but it's yeah it's, yeah the this concept yeah beautifully said and th- this concept of parts is an integral pillar of my practice that when you said that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like we don't mess around yeah. i am presence is vip i am a goddess you know awakening our highest path yes I am <laughs> you know i am i am sentient life informed seeking fulfillment yeah i am i am i am i am evolving in perfect time yes i am depressed no mm-hmm. cancel mm-hmm. delete a part of me is depressed. Yes. So when we pair I am with a, a less than desired state of being, we are using the power of I am presence in a way that's not really aligned with our preferences. Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, it's, it is a le- that little like fighter in me, though. It's almost like the social justice fighter that from my 20s is that same energy kind of gets chimed up around here because it is the big myth. Yes. Um, and it is the myth that's sort of co-opted the way in which many souls are seeking healing yes. right now is you're going to therapy and you're giving uh, all of these parts a mic uh-huh. and these parts are using I am yeah. and the therapist is seeing you week after week, year after yeah. year, and you're making incremental progress and you have connection and rapport um, and comfort but you're not really stepping into your true authentic power. And then that person's budget line for self-healing and self-development is going into Mm -hmm. that modality Mm -hmm. and it's flatlining on that frequency. So what I would say to anybody who's listening is really make sure that your therapist, if you're seeing a therapist, regardless of how lovely he or she is, are they speaking to you at the top of your intelligence? Mm -hmm. And the breath comes in. Is this person really the one for me to move me forward? Mm-hmm. And if I was in therapy and hearing this right now, what I would what I would want to do is say, listen, I really want you to hold me accountable. I don't want to use I am yes. with any of my issues that we explore in this mm-hmm. room because I I learned now I'm at a, my consciousness has expanded that if I do that I'm actually self harming. Yes, there's a self betrayal yes. in that. And I'm very excited for the day when all therapists really understand that because we're all wakening up yeah. and eventually everybody's going to know you don't pair I am with, with it's just, yeah, it's a breaking it's, of cosmic law. It's insane. And it's something that definitely turned me away from seeking therapy. I did when I first came to New York in the late 90s. I went to somebody, somebody recommended, and a few sessions in, I asked her, so what are you going to tell me? Are you going to give me... She, I would just tell her the same story week in and week. Exactly. We got. And I'm like, are you going to tell me what to do? How are you going to help me? And she said, no, you know what to do. And I was like, so why am I here? And um, I noticed there were all these people just seeking the comfort in having somebody to talk to, because sometimes you just don't have somebody that you can talk to, but... I feel things have evolved so much that if and when I go see somebody, um, 
if they're not speaking to me in that way, it's an immediate turnoff because you you said it you said it beautifully. It's like you're not speaking to me in an intelligent way. You're not speaking to me at the top of my intelligence. Yeah. I am more intelligent than this discourse. Yes. And and we are allowed to infinitely expand our intelligence. That's part of the game here. Now, somebody straight off the gate who wants to move into therapy like that and have the catharsis of the venting, perhaps that is of highest good for them. But I even would say, and I would, and earlier I said it's a breaking of cosmic law. I wouldn't say that's a violation, right? Mm-hmm. It's like it's not using cosmic law to its highest expression. So I don't know if we can break cosmic laws, but so the um, so for perhaps that's what's of highest good for that soul. I don't know. It's actually none of my business, right? But if this is giving you a stir, anybody who's listening, then I would the next step would be to ask your therapist to at minimum to hold that boundary for you. Mm-hmm. So when my clients are speaking to me and they're like, well, I am so frustrated. I'll just slide a part of you. And they're like, oh, yeah, part of me. It's never um, seen as a negative for yes. me to insert that. They're so refreshed to pivot into yes. impeccability. Because, then because you don't the own soul it. Yeah. cannot come in yeah. if we are using I am presence in these states. It's just not a match. You're not speaking the language of evolving consciousness. Yeah. You're staying stuck in third dimension, stuck in the drama, stuck in the wheel of samsara. And what we want to do is really use our intelligence now and the incredible ability of the brain to infinitely expand yes so i'd love to tell you about self-care number two so self-care number two really relates to this which is one number one is keep it moving uh-huh right love that yeah just keep like, it moving keep it moving <laughs> keep your it moving. energy we're energy if you don't move your totally you turn off mm-hmm. yeah and and be well i am a heat up creature of habit and i don't like change a part of you is a creature of habit. A part of you doesn't have change. So even that, we would say, I, I don't know if I believe that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I believe that. Let's slow that down. Let's do some atonement. Let's do some hand on heart. Let's do some healing. Is there another part of you that's satisfied with this? Mm-hmm. Okay, there's other parts of you that are not satisfied with this particular job. It's funny, fl- flashing to my head, I'm seeing all these office environments, like yes. these static office environments. So Ugh. if you're one of those people who isn't living in a static office environment... And you know you've graduated from that environment. That would be the healing elixir. I'm so sorry to these parts of me. Um, there's a part of me that has a creature of habit, but is there's another part of me that's stirring for change. So anyhow, I digress because self-care tip number two is, and it's a phrase I use with my in my healing practice, which is like we're going to knock it out of the park, which means we hit the ball way out of the game. We 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 might be looking at something that's quite earthbound. And we're going to talk about what's going on in space and what's going on with planets <laughs> and what I'm learning about other civilizations beyond, beyond Earth. And even if, you know, all of it, we, you know, and we're going to think about things from the widest angle we have access to. And that's a self-care technique, mm-hmm. is when I use my time to nurture myself with ideas and perspectives of life that are beyond society's hum, right? It is self-caring to my being Mm -hmm. because it creates an essential sensation of humility. 
I don't know what I don't know. Yeah. I don't know the vastness of this whole experience. And it can that can move me into a state of wonderment. And wonderment is my it's such a cliche concept, but it is the happy place. You know, wonderment is our essential nature. Wonderment mm-hmm. is being totally in the moment. You know, right now there's a, a beautiful cat on my lap. Yeah. <laughs> Melted. And he's fully in wonderment. He's yeah. fully in the now. He's completely engaged in the sensation. It's a, it's a very childlike yes. state. And, you know, in Vedic meditation, they speak of that a lot. Um, my teacher, Tom Knowles, mm-hmm. always, every conversation you go with him, you are in a state of wonderment just listening to him speak. But... Um, he he brings that up. You should always be in a state of, of seeking joy and mm-hmm. uh, fresh eye, you know, perspective. And it, you just reminded me of, I was sitting with my daughter last night in the kitchen. I picked them up from school and I'm making them dinner and she, she loves to read. She like devours books. Mm, beautiful. Yeah, and she went from not reading to just eating them up. And... She oh, wow. um, she was reading the she she took this book from the school library, the National Geographic book of famous people or something like that, and she was enthralled in this um, experience she was having, and I, she, she the one page had Le, Le, um, Neil Armstrong, and she what did he do? I said read the read the book, and she reads he was the first man on the moon, and she goes. That is insanely cool. Mm. That's so great. And then she turns the chapter and Malala Yousafzai is there. And she's like, this girl. And she's almost like she's feeling the experiences of these things she can't grasp, like you just said. Mm-hmm. But it, to her, it's like that That was the ball out of the park for her yesterday. Mm-hmm. That And she was just in a, in this world and this fantasy of, of understanding and learning and I could, it like, it lit me up because I'm seeing my kid being lit up and it was just, mm. you know, it's like we have to remember what it feels like to be a child. Yes. And just be in that moment yeah. and experience something yeah. new and, um, and doing all of those things. Yeah. And I feel the, uh, the, the knocking out of the park for me helps me get back down here and be like, cool. So I'm Elizabeth in this lifetime and I'm doing yoga and the light's coming through the window and this is a cool experience and this isn't as as serious as what I've been thinking, what I've been socialized to feel. Yes. You know, we're the only ones that come in and get amnesia of all of our past life and all of our knowing. A lot of, there's other incarnations that we could have in other civilizations where you're, you kind of know the wholeness of who you are and you're having the thrill of being incarnated and being in a body of of whatever sort at that time but you know you are down here so attached to this one one rotation and it doesn't mean this rotation can't shouldn't be taken seriously it's like no quite the opposite let's take this seriously because it is this incredible opportunity to be here and to be in this moment but how do i be in it with more more wonderment all right i zoom 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 way far out get blown out, oh yeah, 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 there's so much I don't know, there's so much I don't know, it's that, and then the humility brings me back down, yes. 
And then I can be here with greater state of grace and appreciation for what is. And then what happens is the universe is like, ooh, she's in grace and appreciation. Yeah. Let's give her more <laughs> yeah. to give her more grace and appreciation. Yeah. Because it's then we're working with the law of attraction, yes. right? So like this, attracts like. Yeah. yeah. And that's the way we want to be using the law of attraction. We don't want to be using, you know, Marianne Williams says, you know, God is not your errand boy. We don't want to be like, <laughs> I want this and I want that. Yeah. And I would like this. And I and, and there is some spirituality that's very rooted in materialism and, and it's a gateway. But then you realize, wow, I have all the stuff and I got all the things and yeah. it didn't bring me that. So what am I really seeking? I'm seeking to have that delight that I'm in a, a direct partnership with, with something that is so divine and so nurturing and, and, and just so full of goodness. Um, and that's what I'm really excited to, to help people discover. I love that. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I think you've um, made, you, you so eloquent, eloquently express some uh, different subjects that tend to be so abstract But it's just like you can, I mean, I love listening to your voice. You have this like soft breathy. I remember the first time I met you and you called me a raven-eyed queen. I took that seriously. <laughs> um, but we're, I'm going to let you go. We were supposed to talk for a half hour and it's been an hour. Perfect. And we could keep going. But yeah. I'm going to um, allow you to move on to your next thing. Yeah. But if anybody would want to get in touch with you or know more about you, how can they do that? And we'll post it on, on the blog. Yeah. But So my website is elizabethtraina.com. And um, so Elizabeth with a Z and Traina, T-R-A-I-N-A.com. And um, you can message me through there and reach me. You'll see some of my art. We didn't talk about the art today, but maybe we'll do that. We'll have a chapter day. two. Yes, for sure. This is, I, I tend to have recurring. Yeah. 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 Um, and then if you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm Eliz, E-L-I-Z, T-R-A-I-N-A. Um, and I, yeah, I offer one-on-one, -on -one, I offer group work, I lead group workshops, I can do private groups, which are really fun. Um, and I would love to connect with anybody who feels curious and is resonating with what I'm dropping down. Yeah, I love that. And just as a disclaimer, I only speak to people that I know personally and have helped me in some capacity. And I'm so grateful to have met you and continue to work with you because you've touched me and changed my life and mm. I just want more people to come and meet you and yeah. and you help them out. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. Such a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to learn more, please visit my website, paolaatlason.live and you can also find us on Instagram at paola.atlason. Sending you so much love. And thank you.